Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading our March Madness Preview Podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Myself and our resident college basketball expert, Matty D, go through the entire bracket right after the selection show. We give our thoughts on the new format, go game by game. So check out in the timestamps for uh, when we get to each region if you want to... Uh, jump around a little bit. We also finished things up talking Tiger because there's no way we we could avoid that with his incredible finish at the Valspar Championship. But as always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Search The Bullpen Cart and you'll find us there. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is our handle. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook as well, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. Make sure to stay tuned for all of our great blog content covering the sporting world, but enjoy this week's preview. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this March Madness preview here on the podcast. I, of course, am the G-Man with me, as always, my partner in crime, Matty D. What's up, buddy? Well, one of the best uh, best pregames of the year today, as the brackets oh, have yeah. been unleashed. Yeah, one of the weirder selection shows. It moved over to TBS, and uh, the move from network TV to cable really uh, decided to spice things up, I guess. I mean, I guess they did. I, I wasn't a big fan of the, the new show as compared. I, I spent a lot of the time watching ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um I thought they gave a little more instant analysis and reaction. Yeah. Um, and, I th- and obviously, it was the first time doing it at TBS. There were definitely some technical errors that we both talked about in terms of audio and stuff yeah. not necessarily coming through, which yeah, I if think is a problem. Yeah, if you didn't watch it, it started off right away with the audio. Like, you could see Greg Gumbel's lips moving, but it was coming out a, a little bit delayed. He was kind of all over the place in terms of uh, saying words like 21st when he's saying, you know, the rankings and seeds and stuff like that um right. one point after they revealed revealed one region he goes yo we got more brackets or something to that effect he said yo though we had to rewind the tv back um yeah i agree with you though i didn't like the concept of it um doing the all 68 teams they did it conference champions first which is fine doing an alphabetical order but then jumping in and doing the at-large teams also in alphabetical order. Like the only team they pointed out on CBS that didn't make the that didn't make it while like in the midst of doing everything was Louisville. Okay, but there were other schools that like if you didn't watch college basketball all year and like this is supposed to be your first step in because everybody makes a everybody makes a bracket everybody and their mother. Like you have no idea. Like Middle Tennessee didn't make it. St. Mary's didn't make it. Notre Dame, which they, they talked about them too. Like they didn't make it or like they got into a little more as they started to like as once the bracket was fully revealed and they brought on like people like Charles Barkley and people like that. I, I didn't watch the ESPN part, so I'm sure they probably have this too. I know I've seen some viral stuff go go live, but it, it would have been better. I saw on Twitter and, and third and girl suggested it too of having, you know, teams that are up there. And as they're getting on the board, you'll take them off of the bubble, have a visual representation of the bubble on there. Gotcha. So that might've been a good idea. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I mean, was the ESPN one, were they basically just as soon as it was on CBS, ESPN got it and, and gave their instant reactions. 
Uh, to, yeah, basically. And then they did, they also, they, cause they were just announcing the team. They say every time they figured out a bubble team that was in, that was close. So yes. And they gave their instant reaction. So you kind of figure out who was upset, who wasn't. Jay Villas mm-hmm. had some stuff to say pretty quick. Um, you know, which I, 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 I liked, um, I, I liked the instant reactions. I want to hear, you know, just listening to the teams. I'm with you. The problem is you don't necessarily know who's out and who's in as we go by some numbers. You're trying to keep up, but it definitely yeah. takes a little bit of work, you know, to do so. Yeah, it was um, definitely a little bit of a bummer seeing, just not knowing, because even in the in the moment, I forgot. Like Middle Tennessee, I like I didn't think of to look for their name, and it was right. in alphabetical order. It was really easy to do it to do it that way, but you know, so is the uh, you know, so is the the game, I guess. But enough belly aching about the selection show. Let's talk about the actual bracket itself. We look at first the first four uh, coming up this Tuesday in Dayton. Shout out to Dayton. I. You know, they they host it every single year. Good for them that they get it. And they used to actually get, you know, actual like Thursday and Friday games. Right. Then just took on the uh you know, took on the mantle of being the the opening round, which thankfully is called that now and not the first round like it was for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But so I'm we get not, I mean, I'm still not I'm not a, I don't love them, the first four. Okay. I haven't. I just think it's um I get it. They want to get things on TV, yeah. um, but I, I just think it's a lot. It's like Thursday night football to me. I just think it's a little unnecessary. But Yeah, it's one of those things you just throw on in the background. I mean, there's other sports going around against it that are probably better to view, especially looking at it now. You got Tuesday of two of the, the one 16-game matchup, the LIU-Brooklyn versus Radford. Radford being the one of the first teams into the tournament off of a buzzer beater to win their conference. And then right. UCLA St. Bonaventure, uh, which that actually might be a good game, but I, I agree with you. It's one of those things that's on at nine o'clock on a Tuesday. You're not really, you're not really ready to ready and raring to go for college basketball, especially just with two games mm-hmm. on that night. Same thing with Wednesday, you get NC central playing Texas Southern um, and then Arizona versus Syracuse and Syracuse shout out to Greg and Arizona state for that matter. I'm, those are probably two of my biggest surprises that they made the bracket. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I thought that not only did I, a couple things I was surprised about. I'm surprised they even got close. They were nowhere near anybody's list. ASU maybe. What bothered me more is I didn't even think they got the first four out even close. No. Baylor and Notre Dame were in first four at. Now, I, I thought St. Mary's and USC both had great cases to be in. Yeah. Um, and the, but Middle Tennessee not in there. Oklahoma State not in there. Oklahoma oh. Oklahoma State beat Kansas twice. They beat Oklahoma. Uh, they beat West Virginia on the road. That, that's a top level team right there. And yeah. now look, I'm not saying that they're more deserving than say Oklahoma, but I think they're more deserving than Baylor or Notre Dame. I think you have to drop them in for to sure. at least the first four. And Louisville wasn't even in the first four. I I um I thought USC. I just struggle with the fact USC went all the way to the Pac-12 title game. And Arizona State gets in instead of them. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy how that worked out. They were Arizona State was wasn't even a team that was mentioned around if you were following along with Joe Lenardi's bracketology or anything like that. And Oklahoma State seemed like they were safe. I mean, I, it baffles me. Like you said, they beat Kansas twice. The overall number, or no, they're not the over uh, that it would be UVA, but one of the number one seeds in the tournament. I mean. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how they're thinking of that. I mean, 
we thought this two years ago when Syracuse made it and they went all the way to the final four. So it's not necessarily the craziest thing in the world, but the ACC was, was a great conference this year, but it was uh, an off year for Syracuse to even just say the least. Mm-hmm. And while I will also say this, the other weird thing is three of the biggest teams left out of the field, Louisville, Oklahoma state, and USC are connected to the investigation. Yeah. The FBI and Arizona and Auburn are seated slightly lower than expected, especially Arizona, and they're also connected. I just thought it was thought it was interesting. I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. I, Auburn being a four isn't that that egregious to me. What's Arizona? They're 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 a four, dude. They're I think, a four I as well. Yeah, the yeah. Arizona, I would have said would, would be closer to like a two or a three. Right. Uh, but that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, well, let's um. So kind of the format for tonight, we're going to go through each game. We start and kind of just give our, our quick analysis, quick picks, if you will, because it's, I mean, there's a lot of games to get through and we only have so little time, uh, but we wanted to get it out Sunday night so that you guys can get an idea of what's going on. And if you're constructing your bracket, if you want to give us all the criticism in the world, please feel free to fire that our way, send us a DM. But we start with the first four. Um, I don't really know too much about LIU Brooklyn or Radford, aside from Radford hitting a buzzer beater to get into the tournament. Matt, do you know anything about either of these schools? Um, I mean, I, I think Radford probably has a better sh- a better shot in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got uh, Carla Jones is a pretty pretty decent player there, but but for the most part, he plays for Radford. Excuse me, the Highlanders. But for the most part, no. Um, the Blackbirds of LIU, Brooklyn, which some crazy names here. Um, that actually has Derek Kellogg as our head coach. He was at UMass for quite a while. Oh. So he's a pretty talented coach. Um, I would hope that – so to me, I, I like I like them with that, kind of having a guy who's maybe been there a little bit at UMass. Not that it's a great program, but it's had some success. So I'm a big fan of them. Okay. Yeah. Um well, in that case, I mean, if we're going to make a pick, I'd probably go with Radford just because LIU Brooklyn's under 500. Um, uh, so, I'd, I mean, really easy or not easy enough. I mean, thankfully, these games don't count for your uh, for right. your overall pool because that'd be crazy town to have to be able to uh, make these kind of picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, right, um, right. But but uh, you have a pick for this one? I'll go. I'm gonna go LIU Brooklyn, like the Blackbirds with that experienced coach. We'll get it. I like done. it. I like it. Uh, we move on to the other game Tuesday night, nine ten. You can also watch this on True TV. Uh, Saint Bonaventure versus UCLA. Uh, UCLA was a team up there similar to USC that I thought was on the bubble, but kind of kind of got in there. I was a little shocked to see them in the first four, um, but. St. Bonaventure, solid season in the Atlantic 10. Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with UCLA in this one just because they are, I think, a little more well-rounded. Um, not to not to discount the A-10 or anything, but I would just say probably just a little closer. Um, so I'm going to go with UCLA in this game. This is the one game I'm going to tune in for and okay. for a couple of reasons. Um, I think UCLA and St. Bonaventure, I think they both deserve to be in the tournament. I think, Saint, I think the Bonnie's over UCLA. But and I'm actually really excited for not only this game but the next game they're going to play. I'm going to take it's a, in a tight one. The St. Bonaventure over UCLA. Now UCLA has Aaron Holiday who who stepped in for Lonzo Ball. He's 
um, all Pac-12 first team, league all defensive team. I think he's very good. Ooh. Now, this team did beat Kentucky and Arizona, but they lost to Oregon and got swept by Colorado. I think they're all over the map. Okay. And so the reason I'm going to jump with the St. Bonnie's bandwagon is they have an excellent, maybe arguably one of the top 10 best backcourts in all of basketball in Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley. These guys are studs from the, from behind. They both shoot the three very wow, well. So, so I like them to win this game and then stay tuned for my next prediction. I love guards. I love guards who are good, and I love to, a tandem guard like this grouping has. I got the Bonnies all the way in this one, but I think it's a great game. And awesome. I think, I think UCLA puts up a good fight. All right, gets the Matty D seal of approval <laughs> for a must-watch on Tuesday night that features a Sixers-Pacers game here in Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, Matt's saying something. <laughs> we move on to the Wednesday games, though. We have, first up, another matchup of 16 seeds. You think it's probably, just a quick aside before we get to the NC Central Texas Southern analysis, you think it's just that people are coming home from work, eating dinner, so they figure out oh, we'll throw on, you know, maybe they won't watch this game, and then the the better game is on at nine? You think that's sort of their thought when they're I, scheduling this out? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's nice for these teams to have their moment because yeah. – because if they're, you know, if you're uh, if you're one of the 16 seeds that doesn't play a playing game, you really you're gonna get smoked, and you're all, the whole storyline's gonna be about the number one seed kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it's kind of a shame to an extent, but I also think it's nice for them because they get no. that moment. But it, it's gonna be tough for basketball to watch. Yeah. But I mean, if you're the big junkie of it, you know, you'll you'll tune in. But um, right. So we got Texas Southern coming out of the SWAC, beating one of my favorite logos in college basketball in their conference championship, the Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions. Google that one. It's pretty awesome. I used to play as them in college hoops 2K8 way back in the day in high bring school. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Uh, playing NC Central out of the MEAC. Um, Texas Southern also under 515 and 19, and they came in second place in their conference. Right. They feature, it looks like a couple good scoring guards. Um, NC Central looks a little more well-rounded if I had to just give a quick analysis to it, but it looks like Texas Southern can score. Mm -hmm. um, so I might, I might go with Texas Southern on this one just from, just from that. No, yeah, I like, I actually like that pick. I, another interesting, we talked about how um, LIU uh, Brooklyn had a, a bigger name coach. Well, a couple things, Texas Southern has Mike Davis. Now Mike Davis succeeded Bob Knight at Indiana, got fired, went to UAB, got fired, so hasn't really had the best run, but had some big program experience. This is the fourth NCAA trip in five years for him. So kind of comfortable down there in Texas Southern. And North, North Carolina Central has a formal uh, alma mater, uh, an alum on their squad, uh, Lavelle Martin, who has led them uh, third in the past five years as well. He might be a guy to get a new head coaching job next year. So oh. two, one older coach who's had some success finally and a younger coach here. But I like Texas Southern. I'm with you, Jordy. I think um, I think they're going to be outscoring North North Carolina Central. I also think it doesn't matter <laughs> because I think they're going to get whacked in the next round. But I think it's is, something is that is that the winner who play is that who plays UVA? Um, no, 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 no. Because they're um, no. Who do they play? Xavier. They play Xavier. No, I'm not oh. super high in Xavier, but I think they're good enough and tough enough to at least get through those one of those two squads that comes yeah. up. No, no, for sure. Yeah. 
All right, so we move on to, as we mentioned before, our, two of our more surprising teams in the tournament. That doesn't mean that shouldn't be an, a, a should not be an unexciting game. Arizona State versus Syracuse. Greg, break or Matt, break this one down for me. Sorry, hmm. Greg is an alum of Syracuse, so I had him on the brain. No problem, no problem. I mean, once again, I don't think either of these teams are very deserving to be in, but um, – Big Syracuse basically lives on the bubble. <laughs> uh, I'm taking. I mean, I mean, a couple things. Nothing against Arizona State. They start out super hot this year. They beat Xavier, neutral site. Beat Kansas at Kansas. Mm-hmm. They were rolling. They were they were rock not rock and roll, but their shooting percentages were super high, fifty percent from three. Um, they've won one of their past six games. So, with that being said, I like Syracuse and that zone. They play a little slower than Arizona State. Um, so I do think they take this game. Um, Ty's battle and Frank Howard are, are pretty good. I think they're good enough to win uh, this playing game. Exciting enough for me to maybe have on in the background while I do something else. Yeah. No, no, I would agree with that, especially Wednesday night, preparing for the big day on Thursday. Um, I, I agree. I picked Syracuse. Um, Arizona State, I mean, I, I was really much more shocked with them being in than I was with Syracuse. I thought they were a little clo- – they were closer to the bubble than I thought that the Sun Devils were. So rock, rocking and rolling with the Orangemen, I am. Uh, so that does it for the first four from Dayton. We move on to the big bracket, the main show, if you will. Uh, you want to start with the overall number one? Go with the uh, the Virginia. What is it? The South they're in. Yeah, the South region against uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. UMBC. The Retrievers. The, the Retrievers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Logo being a, a dog. Right. <laughs> Don't think they have a ton to offer here. No, Virginia has not given up seventy points more than uh, has not given up seventy points or more all year. So just looking at that right right off the bat, I think they're very, very, very good. They're uber efficient and effective. Um, but they've been like that way for a few years. Some would argue that the 2016 team is better, and they've only been to the Elite Eight one time. And he doesn't really have a Malcolm Brogdon or, or someone along those lines, Justin Anderson, to carry him through. Mm-hmm. So the question is, do they have somebody who can – who can knock it down late? Do they have a go-to guy? Um, can they rebound well enough? I, obviously, they win this game, but just giving you some insight on the next game. Oh, for sure. The next game after that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, so we move on to to who we think might be their opponent. It's Creighton versus Kansas State, the 8-9. Um, coming into the tournament, they're ranked 33rd and 35th, so very close in terms of just sort of the voting pool. Um I like Creighton a little more in this just because Kansas State hasn't done very well against top opponents. That's not to say anything against them. They did make a run towards the Big 12 final. Um, But I'm going to go with Creighton in this one. Yeah, this is tough. Creighton is a different team before one of their their big guys got injured. Um, Mm -hmm. Martin uh, Krampelji. Who was six nine sophomore? Very offense. He was off. You know, offensive could defend. They really haven't been that great since. Um, I do really like Marcus Foster. Twenty point three points a game. Can shoot from three. Um, They're incomplete without that guy. This is a tough one for me. Um, God, I'm going to go with Creighton as well. I think they're a little more. I think they're a better team than Kansas State. But boy, I think it's close. Okay. Um, I think it's a really. I love the eight nine games. They're like my some of my favorite games to watch. 
Yeah. They should just be back and forth and back and forth. Mm -hmm. um, they have big wins and they've like also struggled. So both teams, Kansas State and Creighton, are both kind of back and forth. Um, once again, I I like Creighton here though. So move on the five twelve matchup. Always one to look out for. Twelve seeds. There's always one that beats a five. I think there's only been what like one or two years in the last like fifteen where a twelve seed hasn't beaten a five. The first right. one we look at is Kentucky, who made a nice run in the SEC tournament against D Davidson, home or uh, the alma mater of Stephen Curry. Davidson, pretty good defensive team, it looks like here. Just uh, giving a quick glance over the team. You know, it could be an interesting one to look at. Kentucky, pretty good, can can make the, can step up big time when they need to. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this, but I, I would think Davidson keeps it close. Yeah, I mean, Davidson's an excellent three-pointing, point-shooting team. No. What I like about Kentucky is they're really not backing their way into this tournament. They dominated. Yeah. In the in the in the uh, in the SEC in a very deep SEC, yeah. which I think people are also forgetting. We talk about how great Kentucky teams have been before, but the SEC has never been as good as it was this year. Exactly. Um, they don't necessarily have top lock, you know, draft picks like you know lottery picks this year. But boy, they're they're physical, they're athletic, and they can defend. Um, if they can keep a game low scoring, I think they've got a great shot. I really like them in this game. I do like Davidson, but against a lot of other five seeds, but not not this five seed. Um, yeah. So just keep it keep it slow. If you're Kentucky, use that use that athleticism to win. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. We move on though. Arizona, who we mentioned, is a four seed playing Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, a highly ranked thirteen seed. They're thirty eighth in uh, the AP poll. Arizona, a fifteen or fifteenth overall in the uh, AP rankings coming into the tournament. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona. I think that they've kind of figured it out once uh, a little more of the uh, the dust has settled from the investigation that's been going on. So I think that they uh, avoid the upset in the first round here. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo, they're one like six straight, um, no. in a pretty convincing fashion. They're pretty deep in terms of their scoring, but I'm really high on this Arizona squad. I think they're woefully, almost criminally underseeded um, to be a fourth seed and win the Pac-12 over yeah. – you know, with teams that we're going to get to ahead of them, I, I really struggle with that. Um, they are, they might have the best player in college basketball, honestly. And, and DeAndre Ayton, he he's been crazy good. Yeah. Um, and they've got some other guys as well, and they're kind of playing a little bit for their head coach. Um, so I really like them here. Yeah. Um, they're a top thirty defense. Uh, so they, they this team can just play. I, I'm very big on them. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I, I like them to easily easily handle bu Buffalo here. Very nice, very very nice. We move on. Coming out of the ACC, the Miami Hurricanes, who uh, had a pretty good year, I would say. Uh, and I, like we talked about, a uh, not a down year, but an interesting year in the ACC. They face Loyola Chicago, and this is a this might be a, a popular pick for upset central. It, se it seems a lot of people seem to be high on Loyola. Right. Well, Miami's similar. The Miami basketball team is sim similar to the Miami football team. They've been kind of playing dangerously all year. Um, their final four games of the regular season were decided by a total of eight points. So definitely playing a type. I like the, I, 
I like the Ramblers here. You got to remove the fact they've got a hyphen in their name. They're twenty no. third in defense, um, and they're they're pretty defense. They're pretty good offensively, man to man. They beat Florida on the road. Forty percent of their three pointers they've made. I like them because I think they're going to keep it close, and I think they're going to. I think they're going to be the big upset of the of the week, or at least early um, against Miami. I, I really like them in this game, actually, and, and I like them even to test at the next round. I don't think they'll get through, but I like this team. Yeah, I do too. I like them a lot. Um, yeah, like you said, the very good defensive team, and I think Miami's kind of has been a. That's a great analogy. The football team living and dying uh, <laughs> on uh, on the edge. Uh, keep it moving, though. We go to number three, Tennessee or a three seed Tennessee playing Wright state uh, in for the first time since 2007. As an aside, they kept mentioning when the last time teams had been in the tournament. It had kind of annoyed me when they're like, Oh, first time since 2016, you only missed one year of the tournament. Why is that a big deal? They set up with a ton of teams that like, Oh, last, since first time since 2015, 2014, like Wright state, it's been over 10 years. Good job on you that you actually got back. Like we don't care that it's been two years since Davidson got in. Right. Right. Anyway, I, the the Raiders of Wright State. I mean, I agree with you, yep. but it's cool. Always cool. But the Raiders of Wright State are going to struggle in this game. Yeah, uh, I agree. They don't have a lot of deep three point shooting, and Tennessee. I don't think a lot of people know about. I like Tennessee a lot. Right. Um, they beat Purdue and North Carolina State. They swept Kentucky. They can shoot from three, and they got one of my favorite guys, Admiral Schofield, is his name. Um, he can play, and yeah. I think this team has the opportunity to potentially make a run uh, and have an op- have a shot to get to that elite eight. Um, they're also arguably the second, third best defensive team behind Cincinnati and Virginia. So, by the way, how about this? One, two, three. Arguably, the three best defensive teams all in the same bracket. We could have some very boring games, offensively at least, offensively. Mm-hmm. In this bracket, because Cincinnati and Tennessee and Arizona, I mean, and uh, Virginia are all there. So something to think about. Yeah, that's just a very good point. Um, some very, uh, some uh, Big Ten style of hoops, if you will. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. I really like them. I think the the Elite Eight uh, effort is, or the Elite Eight prediction is spot on. Uh, I think they could uh, really make a run at it. Uh, we keep it moving, though. Number seven, Nevada facing Texas in a 7-10 matchup, which is uh, also another one that you always have to keep an eye out for. Obviously, it it's, seems a little more of a of a spread just because, you know, I mean, seven's three larger than 10 versus one larger of eight, nine. But it's always an interesting, interesting dynamic when that game comes together because even the 10 seed can make a run at a two. Um, that being said, I do like Nevada a lot in this game. I don't think Texas necessarily has the punch that Chaka Smart had when he was at VCU and he was making those runs. So I'm going to go with the Wolfpack here. Well, we're going to be very different on this one. Okay. Uh, nothing against Nevada. They, they might be one of the most inconsistent teams. They are a top 10 offense and a defense that ranks worse than um, Northeastern. <laughs> Or uh, or Bradley, so I think they're gonna, they're a very fun game, but they lost by 17 points in their semifinal to a team that had no at large argument whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I like Texas because I think well, not only you have some experience with Shaka Smart, it's the first thing to think about there. And I know you brought his name up; I think that was good by you to do that. 
They've also faced quite a bit of issues and injuries. Um, there are a couple of players who are ineligible. How about their stud freshman, Mohamed Bamba, has been out with a toe injury. Yeah. They beat West Virginia in overtime. They're a little resilient, and I'm a big Bamba guy. Or Bamba? Is it Bamba? Bamba? It's Bamba. Uh, it's yeah, Bamba. I think it's Bamba. Yeah. But this this team, this Texas team, is is talented enough with Shaka Smart. I like them to beat Nevada here in a mini upset and drive to the next round. Okay. Um, I think I think Bamba inside, if he's healthy, can swat some balls against that excellent Nevada offense and 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 take one. Um, don't think it matters, but I think they I think they can do it. Yeah, that's kind of the shitty thing is uh, Cincinnati's just so goddamn good. Right. Um, yeah, I mean that's the next game, Cincinnati versus Georgia State. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty easy pick for me with Cincinnati. They're they're very good, and they're the second best defense. Yeah. in this tournament, but they might be the nastiest defense. Like that's yeah, the, that's probably the best way to put it. They're just mean. They're like a yeah. mean. You don't want to play them because it's not going to go great. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, by the way, we we will not get. So, do you remember Georgia State? No. Okay, so Georgia State is the team that won on a buzzer beater two or three years ago, and their coach was on the was on the um, the push cart because he had a leg injury and he fell over, and his son hit the game winner. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, his son something yeah. Hunter uh, Hunter went in the first round to the uh, Celtics, kind of fizzled out, but just just to give you a little uh, little uh, flash well, in the past there, little insight. I thought I their like name it. rang a bell to me, and I yeah. Um, like I said, I I think Cincinnati though. Oh man, Mick Cronin's team is—they're just—they're just big time yeah. defensively. Now they're not great offensively. Like they are Virginia without an offense. So if they if you if you don't get intimidated by their defense, you can beat them. But man, it's a good way to put it. But man, they're nasty. They're a nasty team to play. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I don't know if we're going to look – we can if you want to look further in and go to the next rounds, but uh, obviously we'll have more time to do that as the week goes on. Right. But I think it kind of stinks that the Cincinnati-Tennessee game, assuming both go there, would be in the uh, the Sweet 16 and not later in the tournament. Right. I mean, I think I, – I don't, I don't disagree with Cincinnati as a two. No. Um, it's hard because I think all the twos are pretty deserving. Um, you could argue. Um, maybe you could switch Duke for somebody if you didn't think they were that good. Because, but, but Cincinnati had the argument to be a one. No. I actually think that. I mean, I didn't okay. think North Carolina with nine losses or Purdue with their early exit, but Cincinnati had to beat um, Wichita State, and they they had to get through the uh, the the uh, their their conference tournament, which they won. You could argue to put them in over Xavier. I think you really could. I think they're that good. I think they're high, highly underrated for some reason. People are overlooking them. So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a hot pick of a uh, of going far. But let's move on to the West region. That's uh, Xavier is the number one seed. As we mentioned, they'll play the winner of NC Central and Texas Southern. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy one to make. Uh, Xavier takes the win there, but I think the Xavier team, uh, you know, they lost to Providence in that wild ending in the Big East tournament, but I think they could make a little bit of a run. I, I, I think they got a nicer draw, to put it to put it lightly. I mean, I actually think that, uh, well, well, we'll talk about a team in a second here. I almost yeah. think that. I almost think that. They have some – Trevon Bullitt 
I remember him a couple years back as a freshman mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament was pretty good. He's a stud. They've got a ton of offensive firepower. Um, them, them versus Cincinnati would be like a fascinating game for me to watch. Uh, yeah. They have some history there too. Um, I mean, I like him in this game. I think it's an easy victory here for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, that should be, so the next game, the eight, nine of this is Missouri and Florida state. Uh, put both interesting teams, both can, can really put up some numbers in terms of offense, uh, and decent defenses too. I mean, Florida States isn't the best, but they can step up when it comes, when it, you know, comes down to it. Um, I do like Missouri in this one, um, a little more than Florida State, I'd say. Missouri to me is the biggest dark horse now in the tournament with Michael Porter Jr. back. All right. Now they have been dominant. He's the number one recruit in the country. Um, arguably, uh, arguably a projected top 10 pick who could win, but he's a stud if he's healthy and they played all year, like all year without him. He played two minutes in the opener before he got shut down. So this team is now in the tournament. I really like Missouri to with, with Porter jr. To kind of flash a little bit here. We'll see. I'm, I'm just saying, I think there's something brewing there. Okay. And don't be surprised if they do something big early in this tournament. Okay. So I have them taking out Florida State, and then I have something else coming later. So we'll just leave it at that. Okay. I like it. But we'll uh, then we'll just move on right on then. Ohio State, number five seed, thinking on the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Uh, Ohio State. An interesting season this year. We talked about the Big Ten last time of just kind of a kind of a down year for them overall. Not a ton of teams getting into the tournament. Uh, but you know, I, th- I think this is a pretty easy five over twelve um, with Ohio State winning. Uh, something tells me don't sleep on the Jackrabbits, but I think Ohio State's got this one. You got to you got to find that five through twelve yeah. uh, every year. They say it, and and this is where I jump to right away. Um, they have a potential All-American that the Jackrabbits do. And Mike Dom, 23.8 points per game. He averaged a triple-double, um, shoots well all over the place. They're very deep. Ooh, man. I think they're going to get the upset here over that five-seed Ohio State. Ohio State kind of limped into the tournament this year, and I had to pick one, and they kind of jumped out at me as that best potential upset, five through 12. Um, so I'm taking, I'm taking the Jackrabbits. All right. Love it. I love it. All right. Yeah. Well, we move on then to, uh, the four 13 game Gonzaga coming out of the West coast conference, beating UN or playing UNC Greensboro, the Spartans, uh, Gonzaga pretty good season. I would say overall from them, um, I'm going to take them here. I think UNC Greensboro could potentially put up some points, but I think Gonzaga's defense uh, shuts them down pretty early. Yeah, I really like this, the Zags team. They're, they're yeah. kind of flying. I know they, obviously they're missing some of their bigs down low, but they've got more. I think they're actually a little bit more versatile athletically. They've got a number of, um, you know, that 6'8 to 6'11 range kind of guys. They've uh, got another big, a big. Killian Tilly is his name. 6'11", can shoot the three, made 50% of his three-pointers, plus a pretty decent defense. I don't know if they have the same guys as, as last year. I don't know if their guards are going to be as good, but early on, I think they, they smoke UNC Greensboro here and move on to the next round pretty quick. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that that next round, Gonzaga, no matter who they play, since we made different picks, I think they uh, have a pretty good shot of moving on. 
right. should be I, out I, the Sweet I, 16. I, I agree there. I think there are almost yeah. – I'm almost concerning them a, a mortal lock for the Sweet 16. I just like that uh-huh. program too. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, the the other side of the Western Regional start with the six seed Houston Cougars. Who I don't know. I, I mean, it's tough to try to figure out all the different seeding. I thought maybe they're a little underseeded. Taking on San Diego State, who was the team that did knock off Nevada, uh, bursting a number of bubbles and getting into this tournament. I do like Houston a lot, though. I'm going to take them over San Diego State. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you. I think I think they got they got hurt as well. Um, I think Houston got hurt as well. I think they got underseated here too a little bit. Yeah. Um, they actually beat Nevada twice in six days. Did they really? Yes. And so San Damn. Diego State's coach is um, so Steve Fisher, the former coach of Michigan during their Fab Five run, was at San Diego State. He ret- now it's Brian Dutcher, his one of his assistants there. Nine straight wins, two wins over Nevada. They beat New Mexico. This team can play. Um, I still like Houston. I'm with you, but I think that might be one of the more, more fun, surprising games of the weekend of the early early games here. Yeah, that would that'd be pretty awesome to see. Uh, speaking of Michigan, though, we move to them. They're three seed taking yes. on Montana. Michigan with a incredible run to the Big Ten championship a week and a half ago now. Um, I think it's a pretty straightforward straightforward matchup. Am I wrong to think that, Matt? No, not at all. The only only concern I have for any Big Ten team is they haven't played in so long. Yeah. Um, this team, 11-game win streak coming in, Michigan. Montana's not a terrible team, but they're not going to be able to com- compete, I think, with Michigan. Um, they've got all types of talent. They've got bigs. They've got bigs who can shoot. Uh, Mo Wagner is 6'11", 42% of his threes, and he shot a ton. Um, they can spread the floor. They've got just enough talent on the, on, on, at the guard position, um, and they're hot. Now, I think this game is going to be important, though. I, it's going to be a game I'm keying in on because I'm very high on Michigan right now. Yeah. Um, how do they do against this game in Houston is going to decide how they do moving forward, I think. And it's going to be a tough one um, to see if they're still hot. Not necessarily tough as they're going to win, but I want to see how they win. Do they dominate? Are they locked in? That, that kind of thing. So I, it's going to be big. But I'm a big fan of this Michigan squad this year. They're, they've got some great toughness defensively and some ton of offensive versatility. They just spread you out. Yeah, they it's do. like a fan. They go five wide. Anybody who's driving, there's nobody in the paint. That's what they did to Purdue. You know, they pulled away Purdue's excellent bigs, and they just they just sliced and diced inside. And they did that with Michigan State as well. Right, exactly. If yeah. you can if you can spread, look, they're like think about Golden State. If you can spread five wide and allow nobody to hang home in the middle, these it's it's too hard to stay in front of the athletes out there today. Yeah, I think uh, another another three seed. I think that's that's poised for a bit of a run. Right. Um, as much as I like Houston and think they're underseeded, I, I just think Michigan's a very very good three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, we got number seven or a seven seed te- Texas A&M facing Providence Providence who knocked off Xavier and almost pulled it out against Villanova in a wild Big East championship game from a uh, Saturday night. Um, I like this, this matchup a lot and I'm having a bit of a, bit of a tough time picking it. I haven't really picked a lot of upsets. Actually, I don't think I've or picked one. I'm going to go with Providence in this one, though. I think they have the means to pull out another 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 one out of their hat. Yeah, I really like Providence, too. I think Texas A&M has a ton of talent. Might be one of the most talented teams in the country, but so inconsistent. And I like I like Providence. They've been hot. I mean, hot – I know. Here's the thing. They went 5-4 and four to finish the regular season, but 
they had to beat a ton of good teams, and they beat Nova. That's how you get in, and they beat Creighton, and they beat Xavier. That's how you secure your bid. Yeah. They didn't know they were going to get a bid, and instead of coming out here and, and losing to end the season, they ended the season hot. And yeah. you know what? At the end of the day, you hate to say it, but the end of the season, it, 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 you would assume it's going to matter a little more than the beginning. Maybe not totally true, obviously, because of Oklahoma in over Oklahoma State, but I like Providence here too. I think Providence is going to be a tough out. They're nasty. Yeah, they are pretty good. I mean, that Big East, the whole tournament itself was fun to watch. It was fun to see just who could come out of it. I mean, there was more magical runs just coming from it. I mean, in Providence encapsulated it, obviously making the championship game. But I think uh, Big East teams are are ones to keep an eye out for in this uh, in this tournament. But wrapping up the West Regional, you got UNC as the two seed facing Lip- Lipscomb. Uh, I think this is a pretty straightforward game. Uh Break it down a little bit, or at least break down North Carolina for us, so we can uh, have an idea of them. Yeah, I mean nothing, nothing against Lipscomb. I'm glad they're here in the tournament. Um, they got a young. I mean, they got Garrison Matthews, twenty two point one points a game. They might need him to go 50, 60 points to win, but hey, he's yeah. there. You know, he's still there. Obviously, UNC coming in as the uh, as the defender of the title here. Uh, very hot. This would be, by the way, their third consecutive trip to the national championship game, which is pretty darn cool. Um, yeah, it's a, that's a, a tough run to do in, a, in the one-and-done era. Right, right. I mean, obviously, they've got um, Joel Berry, the excellent guard. Um, and Luke May is pretty good. They're a pretty good offensive team. But they, they need to shoot well, really. I, I don't love them this year. I thought that they got hot and, got, and they earned a two-seed, but I don't think they're the strongest two-seed by any means. Okay. Um, so I, I, I mean, I obviously like them to win here, but I like them to. I don't like them to go very. I like. The, I like them to struggle. Um, just not not very high in the Tar Heels. I say that, and other than Coach K and maybe um, Tom Izzo, Roy Williams probably doesn't get the respect he deserves as a great coach. But like I said, not completely sure they'll be able to to win this one. They also don't. They don't defend great at the three point line. Now looking ahead. Who shoots the three very well? Michigan. So yeah. if you're not going to defend well at the three-point line, you better look out against these young teams out here. Yeah, the one thing that I, I think with UNC that's so uh, that's concerning, and I even thought about this when they played Duke on Friday night, is the previous week when they played, they were up pretty big and just couldn't really hold on to that lead, and Duke started hitting shots and – I think that's something to be concerned about if you are a UNC fan, especially trying to make this run, especially with teams that we were just mentioning at Xavier, Missouri, if, if they do pull that out and make, make a run out into the Elite Eight. Um, Michigan, if, they're get, if they get hot, I mean, I think it's, it could be literally lights out for, <laughs> for UNC. Um, Houston could potentially do something like that if they were to beat Michigan. I just think there's a lot of, there are a lot of teams that could put UNC on upset alert, if that makes sense. Right. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with there. I'm with you there, pretty hard. But I mean, it's that's um, an interesting bracket because I yeah. don't think when when you look over that bracket, it's a it's a balanced bracket, but it doesn't necessarily have the heavyweights. Assuming Xavier doesn't figure it back out a little bit, doesn't maybe doesn't have the heavyweights. I don't know. I don't know. No. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. I think that one. I think Xavier could make a uh, a bit of a run, but it, it is an interesting bracket there. But we move on to 
the next region that we have, we got the East with Villanova leading the way. Uh, break this one down for me. I mean, does Nova, I mean, is this a favorable bracket for them? I mean, we'll get to some of the teams in there, but I think it's an, an interesting of the four. I think it's the most, uh, the most dynamic that could, yeah. that could come out. I actually think their biggest test is in their own side, and that's West Virginia. Yeah. Because trying to prepare for them pretty quickly is difficult. I mean, they're a, a super aggressive squad with a great head coach and Bob Huggins. And Javon Carter is a guy that I've watched be absolutely excellent. Yep. Excellent. Um, you have to limit turning the ball over and stall him, but it's they're tough to see on a quick turnaround when you don't get a lot of film, you know, or, or a lot of time to get your guys locked in. Yeah, um, I'm really nervous about them. I actually think the second best team is Texas Tech, and we'll get to them as we go down the bracket. Sure. I, I still like Nova a lot, though. Here, um, coming, you know, it, it, well, obviously in this first game, you know, quite a bit. Um, they've got a number. So the weird thing is they they've got four guys that have NBA aspirations, except you just don't hear a lot about it. Yeah, you know, they're very tight. They're very close knit they seem to play very well when one has a good game one has a bad game the others pick it up um and when they're hot they're unbeatable yep if they're shooting well enough you won't touch them no in my no team and not even virginia i i think when they're hot because they've got such good three-point shooters out there i think that yeah i think that is just the thing is is when they get hot and it's can they Sustain over and over and over, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> but we leave I mean, it. I have them beating um, uh, LIU Brooklyn there in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, didn't figure that out by my, my pretty yeah, straightforward. So. Uh, the next game, though, I'm actually really excited for this one. Um, the Vir- the Virginia Tech Alabama game, eight nine. Virginia Tech having a had a pretty good year. They beaten they've beaten UVA. Uh, Alabama, of course, the darlings of championship week. Um, I think this is going to be a fun one to watch out for. Right. I think a lot of people would like to see Sexton against Villanova. Against Nova. Yeah. Right? Like that, that'd be really fun. Um, he's, he's fantastic. Um, he's got what Trey Young had to start the year. So it's got to be superstar level from him, though, because yeah. Vatek under the radar a little bit. They're very athletic, and they can play great. They're pretty tenacious on defense. They've beaten Virginia, Duke, and UNC, which is obviously very, very impressive, but a little inconsistent as well. Um, if you can exploit their size, you can beat you can beat Vatek because they're not necessarily huge. So I think that's going to be a potential problem. No. Um, which is why I think they I think Nova takes takes them. I actually like Alabama here, though. I think Sexton stays hot. Um, and I think they win again. Avery Johnson, you know, that, that is a big name coach there. And they, and they move on to uh, Villanova to what should be a really fun matchup, watching Brunson and Bridges guard Sexton in that very high, yeah, that very fast paced Alabama team. No, for sure. And I, so you're taking Bama? Yeah, I'm going to take Bama. Yeah, I am too. Uh, we move on, though, to the. 512C, we mentioned them before, the West Virginia Mountaineers. They'll be taking on Murray State as a 12 seed. I do like West Virginia a lot in this game. I'm going to take them. 
Uh, but one thing I would be weary of is West Virginia's tendency to blow leads. You're going to hear about that a lot, and some of it's a little overblown, but they have had periods where they do get – they do dry out uh, right. shooting-wise. Mm-hmm. No, well, not only that, I, Murray State, 14-1 and one in its past 15 games. Yeah. So, wicked hot, beat Wright State by 19. Um who's in the tournament, lost by Auburn to only four. Pretty respectable, respectful. That's going to be a big – that's, that's going to be a tough game. I don't think that's – I mean, I don't think that's a walk in the park at all. I think West Virginia is going to do what they've done the whole time and battle, battle, battle. Um, mm-hmm. I, they win it. But I think that could be a really fun game, that, that one of those 5-12 matchups there that, that could have some, uh, some tough – it could be a t- late, tough game for West Virginia and hurt them if they win on, on to the next round. No, I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. I think I, as much as I'd want to see West Virginia make a run, I just think at some point, whether it's against Murray State, if it's in the next round, which we're going to talk about the, the two teams there, um, or even in, in the Sweet 16, whoever comes out there, most likely I would think Nova. But I just don't know if they have the consistency to put really just put something together in terms of a run. Yeah, right. But that, that matchup is the four-seed Wichita State Shockers against the number 13 Thundering Herd of Marshall. Um, Marshall, I don't, I don't think, is one to, to really completely sleep on. I think they'll make it a little closer, but I do like Wichita State here. Yeah, I mean, Marshall beat Middle Tennessee State to get yeah. into the tournament. One of the biggest upsets of the year, obviously, cost Middle Tennessee State. People thought they'd get, at least get an at-large, but cost them a bid there, which was wild. Um and Wichita State, though, might be one of the deepest squads that Greg Marshall has had. Um, they're six players averaging over eight points, which in you know in the end in the uh, in college basketball is pretty darn good. Um, what uh, what was his name? Landry Shamet Sh- Shamet I think it is. Shamet, yeah. Six four point guard could be a first round pick, top five offense. But the problem with me is, and looking past this round, their defense is not but sub hundred in the NCAA. So while I think they might be able to outscore a lot of guys, they're going to play a very good West Virginia team who might be able to just simply outscore them, which is one of the reasons why I like Nova is because I think West Virginia and Wichita have some serious um, deficiencies that you can expose. Um, you know, they're not as they're not great balanced teams in that regard. But it'll yeah. be interesting. and They're, they're going to be fun. It, it's, assuming we get Wichita State versus West Virginia, that's going to be a fun game to watch. That'll be there. a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so we move on. Number six, Florida, taking on the 11 seed uh, winner of the St. Bonaventure UCLA game. Um, I do like Florida a lot, a lot in this one, but I think depending on who comes out of it, I mean, you had the Bonnies, I had UCLA. Uh, they could put Florida in a in a little bit of a of a tussle in this one. And so sure. I'm going to take Florida, but I'm going to say watch out, especially if it is St. Bonaventure. Right. I mean, here's the thing. Florida is is good enough to beat they, – they beat Cincinnati and Gonzaga. Uh, they beat Auburn, they beat Alabama, and they beat Kentucky because they've got four shooters who make over 39% from three. They're very, very fast. They can run around the court. But when they're not shooting well, they lost to Old Miss, Vanderbilt, and South Carolina. Yeah. So when I see that, I say this is a highly inconsistent team that could get hot and make a run. They didn't get hot in the tournament, though, the SC tournament. And I like the bodies to upset them here because I, I just think they're going to go cold. Now, if they go hot, I mean, they're, they're still, they go hot. They're kind of a dangerous team. I wouldn't necessarily want to meet them. Um, 
So, but I, I like St. Bonnie's in another upset win, and they'll move on to face uh, another really good team in the next round here. Um, but if not, Florida could be really fun to watch. So just yeah. I'm ready for that too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think they could. I mean, if you're right, if they make if they get hot, I think they could go for a nice little run, uh, right. especially with with Texas Tech and Stephen F. Austin. Uh, I'm not going to pull the full upset alert or hammer that button but i think it could be a very very close game i am going to take texas tech but i would not sleep on uh Stephen f austin if i were uh if you're betting the line i'll say that yeah i mean i'm really so i'm bummed about this because i actually really like Stephen f austin i think they're think of um press virginia that bob Hug, uh, huggins used to run yeah they're really aggressive defensively led the nation in turnovers they're a fun, you know, which which is not necessarily a good thing. Thing is, I'm really big on Texas Tech. They've been playing with, they've been missing a few players of late, and that's really hurt them. Um, Zach Smith and Keenan Evans. Zach Smith, six eight forward, very versatile. Keenan Evans, all American candidate, has been out. With him healthy on a strong defensive te- te- uh, Texas Tech defense, I really like them, um, yeah. even against F- SFA. So Stephen F. Austin may give them a run for their money, which kind of gets you rev back up, right? When you have that tough matchup early, and it gets you rolling moving forward. So I like them here a lot to come out, uh, come out of that bracket. Yeah, I would say, uh, yeah, I, I'd say they win there. I think, again, depending on how Florida does, I'd put that. I'd say watch out. I don't necessarily think they're a lock to the uh, the Sweet Sixteen, right? Um, Moving on, though, Arkansas, who I'm very excited to watch in this tournament, taking on Butler. Um, one where, I mean, those two, I mean, I feel like this could be easily, you know, a much higher seeded matchup in the in this one. But I think it's going to be a great game. I am going to take Butler in this one. I think uh, as much as I like Arkansas, I saw some some solid play out of Butler. And I think I'm going to uh, I'm going to take that one in the, the minor upset. That's really tough. I hate to pick against Butler because. Yeah. Because they're Butler, you know they've always had this attitude ever since Brad Stevens. But Arkansas is interesting. First of all, they got a big guy, Daniel Gafford, who one of the best NBA prospects Arkansas's had in a while. Um, they shoot decent from outside. Now they don't really have an abundance of, of, of amazing wins. They did beat Oklahoma and Tennessee, but they also lost a lot of game. They lost eight games by double digits. So who are they? Are they just a solid SEC squad? I don't know, but I like them here to beat Butler and move on to the next round and then face a team that I'm not very high on um, because of that great matchup with their big guy inside. So I'm, I'm going to take Arkansas. We're going to differ here. I'm going to go Arkansas here. Okay. All right. Well, that's what, you know, that's what it's for. We move on to the last one. Purdue versus Cal State Fullerton. Uh, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. With Purdue going winning it, I mean, break it down a little bit in the matchup and, and kind of just Purdue's outlook on this uh, Eastern Regional. I mean, Cal State kind of just jumped in. It's their it's their third ever NCAA tournament, which we love. Um, they're going to play a Purdue team that has more balance than most teams, you know, ever. Um, they have the big guy Haas, the seven two stud inside, who's also a decent enough free throw shooter. Both Carson Edwards and Vincent Edwards, who are not related, are excellent. They're very, 
<laughs> I got to say it. Yeah. They're a very old squad. Um, Edwards is a sophomore, Carson, but Vincent and uh, Haas and their point guard. I think they've got a bunch of seniors and juniors on the team. But here's what happens. Teams play small ball against Purdue, and they that's how you beat them. Mm-hmm. You pull Haas away from the basket. Um, I don't like this team very much for whatever reason. They went really cold against Michigan. They almost lost to Penn State and Rutgers. I I like I think they're going to win here, and then I think they're going to struggle. And I don't know what it is, um, because this it, on paper this team is almost NBA like with, yeah. with its lineup. But I just think if you go small ball against them, like Michigan can, you're going to really struggle. And I think Texas Tech brings that. I think Nova brings that. I th- so so even if they're even if they get by Arkansas, which I'm not even sure they will, they're going to have a tough test coming up right away. Yeah, that that was a. I'm glad you brought it up. I should say, uh, I think they they have a tough run of all the two seeds in the tournament. I think them and maybe UNC probably are the most upset prone uh, within the first weekend of the tournament before uh, trying to get to the Sweet 16. I think. I think Butler could give him trouble. I think Arkansas definitely will give him trouble if they if they beat Butler. Uh, so I'd watch out for Purdue. I don't think it's a Lehigh beat Duke type of situation with them, but uh, they they could they could either barrel through into the Elite Eight or struggle to make the Sweet Sixteen. Right, right. No, I agree with that there, and um, but it should be a good bracket nonetheless. And that kind of brings us right to the last bracket, the Midwest. We'll start with Kansas against our hometown Penn Quakers. Yes, uh, Penn won today over Harvard. They nothing. They nothing to lose against the favorite Harvard uh, Crimson. Was it no Harvard Crimson? Right? Yeah, yeah. The Crimson. I'm right. Yeah, they actually were. Despite being the two seed, they were oh, a two and a half point favorite going into oh, the that game. Must have changed. Okay. Okay. Um, Barely this, covered. Yeah, this Kansas team. They're not a bad team, but I don't think this is one of the best Kansas squads that we've seen. Um. So we'll see. And they, they lost their big guy, whose name I won't even attempt to an MCL sprain. Will he be back? Uh, Devontae Graham is great, but I don't know if this is Bill Seth's best, Bill Self's best squad. Yeah, I would I would say that. Yeah, I mean, they can make a run, but I think you're right. I think there are a couple incompletions within their within the way that their lineups constructed. That I think they make a, a pretty good run to the they at least get to the, the sweet sixteen, probably make the elite eight, uh, just looking at their side of the Midwest bracket. Right. But yeah, I think once you start getting really whoever comes out of that other side, whether it's Michigan State, Duke, we're gonna talk about these guys, but I, I'd even say maybe even TCU. Um, I think that's when when you start getting into this into some of the struggles. So I would uh I'd obviously take them over Penn, but I'd keep an eye out as the tournament evolves. Right. No, exactly. Uh, I don't think they have the strongest eight, nine seeds. Seton Hall had some good wins, but they also lost to Georgetown and Rutgers. Yeah. Um, NC State. NC's actually got some pretty good wins. They beat Arizona, Duke, Clemson, North Carolina, and Penn State I'll throw in there as well. They're they're a good team, though. They've got a seven-footer who makes three-pointers. Um Omer Yurt Seven is his name. Tough name there. I I like them over Seton Hall here, and I like them to at least put a little bit of a scare in Kansas. No. Um, so we'll see what happens. How do you feel about that one? 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You hit the nail on the head with both of them. I want to like them both a lot. We've really talked about a lot with the eight, nine games of that. They all the other ones can give their respective one seeds trouble. I think as much as I want to like Seton Hall, which I, I'm going to take them in the game, but as much as I like them and I like NC State too, they both had some of those suspect losses that, you know, on paper give you some questions as to, when, you know, when they're getting into the tournament. Obviously, they had enough signature wins to get an eight and a nine seed, respectively, but I'm going to take Seton Hall here. I think they've got a, a little more, uh, over firepower to take down the wolf pack, but I, the second round, unfortunately, I just don't think it's going to be that that close against Kansas. Mm-hmm. Now we jump right into the next game, another five twelve matchup: Clemson versus New Mexico State. Give me your thoughts here on this one. Yeah, so Clemson's one that I really do want to like, but I've I've seen a lot of inconsistencies out of them. I think, you know, just looking at it now and sort of how it breaks down. They can put up points, but they've also had a spotty track record in terms of within their conference set, um, 11 and seven, they're three and four against the top 25. So they at times can uh, have a little bit of trouble. New Mexico state on the other hand can put up points. They have a solid defense. Um, I'm going to take them. That's going to be my 12 over five in this one. So I'm going with New Mexico state. Coming out of the, I believe it's the Mountain West is that they won. Um, You're right. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take them as the tw- as my 12 over five in the tournament. No, you're. It is. Uh, let's see. No, it's the whack. Oh, they're the whack. They're the, the whack. whack. Yeah, look out for Zach. Zach Lofton. Um, just uh, just under 20 points a game. Just under 40 cent uh, uh, from three. Pretty decent defense. And the problem with Clemson is they lost their number two scorer as well as like a very versatile defend- defender in Dante Gratham. He's 6'8 forward. Um, and since then, 2-4 and four to finish out the regular season. Very good defense, but I'm not sure they're going to score well enough. With with him on the full lure, they shot 56.6% from twos without him, 454 I mean, that's, that's, that's more than 10 percentage points lower. That's a huge deal. So I think there's some concerns for them there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's it's going to be a fun game, I think. Um, we move on, though. Auburn versus the College of Charleston. Uh, Charles Barkley's alma mater, we talked about it before, a little bit lower seeded than uh, you might have thought. They had a, a pretty good year and a very stacked SEC. Lost that uh, really great game against Alabama in the SEC tournament. Uh, I like Auburn here. I like them to potentially give Kansas some trouble in the Sweet 16. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the Tigers. Right. I um, yeah, I like Auburn here too. I think they're yeah. a pretty good team. Um, and another guy that had some injury issue here, so we'll see what happens. They lost their big shot blocker. Um, but I do like them here to beat Charleston. I don't think it's much of a matchup in that regard. Nothing against uh, against Charleston, but I think they I do think they win pretty pretty quickly there. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> pretty straightforward. With but they are well, they one. are pretty. By the way, they are they are pretty hot. Yeah, they are hot, and that's what you need. That's what you need in the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. We uh, we move on though. The six seed TCU Horn Frogs taking on the winner of the Arizona State Syracuse game. Mainly because I'm shocked Arizona State and Syracuse are in the tournament. I'm taking TCU. I think they are a little problematic. The Horn Frogs are, um, 
so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, especially Syracuse, if they win, um, gives them trouble or even pulls out the upset. But I am going to take the Horn Frogs in this one. Yeah, I like the Horn Frogs here too. Remember, Jamie Dixon coaches here, the former pit coach who kind of got run out of yeah. town because yeah, yeah. he underperformed, which I was shocked by. Um, so I do like TCU here over what I do think are two very weak, that we've talked about it pretty extensively, teams, whoever yeah. wins. Um, I have Syracuse. Once again, Syracuse playing that 2-3, they can cause problems for anybody, but I, I still like TCU in this game. Yeah. Uh, I do think that I, I think they could be a little inconsistent, but what, I mean, we'll see. They, they face the winner of three-seed Michigan State versus the 14-seed Patriot League champion Bucknell Bison. Um, Michigan State, I think, like you talked about before, they have the, uh, the worry of being a little cold coming into the tournament mm-hmm. uh, from literally just having to wait an extra week, but I do think Tom Izzo wants to, you know, take Sparty out, um, you know, and, and make sure they don't come out flat. I think they're going to come out hard. They're going to put it to Bucknell. I wouldn't necessarily count out the bison right away. We, you know, per, have you know personally seeing them play, um, you know, against Lehigh, we've, we've seen them do, do pretty well, but I am going to take Michigan state here. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take Michigan. I think this is a little, um, a little. I think the committee here is kind of disrespectful to Bucknell and the Patriot League, giving them a 14 seed. I thought they've done enough over their history, at least, as a program to maybe slide into like that 12 or even 11 seed. I think it's kind of a shame. Uh, they were a nine seed 12 right. years ago. Do you know that? No, in, but oh yeah, in the I mean, 2006 I in that at one point in the 2006 tournament, they were a, they were a nine seed because they lost like they went like 20, went like 25 and. Th- three or something right. like that. I mean, you think at this uh, point, like I said, I know they're not in the same mid-major conference as some of the other guys, but you think maybe uh, they get somewhere there. Uh, Michigan State, though, this is a stacked Tom Izzo team. We obviously know Miles Bridges, 6'7", shoots the three. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is 6'11", who can shoot from anywhere, and he was the best defensive player in the league this year for the Big Ten. Nick Ward, a great rebounder. Cassius Winston. I mean, they've got guys. They bring a bunch of big guys off the bench. They're, they're a really, really good team. Um, boy, actually, you could argue got underseeded, but they're a three seed. Of no. course, the committee couldn't help themselves. And I know we're going to get there shortly, but they went ahead and matched up Tom Izzo against arguably one of the only coaches that's better than him in all of college basketball. No. Uh, but before we get there, how about number seven versus number 10, Rhode Island versus Oklahoma? I think so. One, I'm, I'm, I understand why Rhode Island isn't a higher seed, but I'm a little bummed to see them at a seven. Yeah. Uh, they had a really good season, but they've had some bad losses. The one that sticks out was to St. Joe's, who I was hoping could have pulled the magic again in the Atlantic 10 tournament. Um, but Oklahoma comes in, and I'm a little – we talked about it a little bit, but I'm a little shocked that they aren't – they weren't a little lower. I think I could have seen them being one of the last four in, especially – the way that the committee pulled their strings on uh, how they picked the last four in. Um, but I think also, you know, you mentioned it uh, of trying to set up map, uh, you know, trying to set matchups. I think they want to try to see either Rhode Island, this sort of feel good Atlantic 10 story, having a great year or see Trey young take on Duke in the second round. Right. I think they want to, Especially with Grayson Allen, dirty Grayson Allen being back, I think they want to maybe get a little Trey Young Grayson Allen rivalry going. If uh, <laughs> for as short as it can be with Grayson Allen being a senior, right? Um, 
But I think in terms of this game, I think that the, the thing with Oklahoma, it, it, it is so dependent on if Trey Young gets hot and Rhode Island is, you know, they're pretty solid when it comes to defense. They're average 68 and a half points allowed a little less than that. And I think that they can, uh, they could, they could shut down Oklahoma and really um, okay. you know, put up, put up some points. I think I'm going to take, I'm going to take Rhode Island in this one. See, I'm a sucker for the story. And I think Trey Young goes off and just reminds us, hey, I know we've been sliding for quite a while here. but That's my one thing, too. They're really cold coming into the tournament. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that's what occurs um, because I want to see Trey Young against Grayson Allen. Um, so I've got oh, be great. I've got Oklahoma making pulling the upset here and okay. going to the next round, which leads us to number two Duke versus number fifteen Iona. Um, thoughts? Well, you know, I'll give you my thoughts right away. Yeah, Iona plays fast. They want to run up and down the court. That's their. That's what they want to do. Um, which normally I would say, yeah, I mean, that's something that could surprise a top seed. You know, the Gales moving around, uh, running quickly. The problem is they play so fast, they almost forget to play defense at times. And they, right. they, they don't play great interior defense. And have you seen Marvin Bagley? Because he's yeah, going to spread you inside. He's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, Their defense, it's a lot of points. Yeah. I think Bagley has a fucking day against these guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I made the comment that Villanova, if they're, if they're you know shooting well, can beat anybody. Duke may be the only team that I think actually could beat Nova, even if they were shooting so well, they toyed with North Carolina um, in the second half of that game where they won that forty-nine to twenty-nine. They outscored North Carolina. Um, I think Duke, assuming Grayson Allen keeps his head screwed on correctly, with with who they who else they have on that roster? Oh yeah. boy, they're going to be a tough out. Um, you just assume Coach K is going to get together, which by the way leads us to a great Sweet Sixteen potential Sweet Sixteen matchup of Tom Izzo at Michigan State versus Coach K and Duke, which would be crazy fun. That would and be a lot of fun. It would be, my, it would be my game of the weekend, without a doubt, if that happened. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, we can make quick picks, since we'll probably, since just to kind of reset everything with what's going on at the Thunderblog, we have spring we have uh, spring training previews coming out this week. Uh, probably no hockey and hoops hour just because of that and because March Madness is here. So make sure to stay stay tuned in with all the blogs that come out and whatnot that me, Matt, and some new writers are uh, throwing up. Um, but yeah, let's, I guess, rapid fire, just pick who we think are coming out into the Sweet 16 of uh, of these matchups. So you, you want me to pick, like, you want me to pick, take my Sweet 16, top to bottom? Yeah. You, okay. Uh, I've got Virginia playing okay. Arizona in the okay. 16. So I have Arizona yeah, beating in Kentucky. Um, I've got Tennessee playing Cincinnati. I agree with that as well. Okay, I've got Missouri. Ooh. So I do. I have them upsetting Xavier playing Gonzaga. Okay. Okay. And I have Michigan playing UNC. I agree with that as well. Nova, West Virginia. No problem there. So I've got Texas Tech, and I'm going to jump on another upset bandwagon here. I've got Arkansas, like at, Ar- like at the Razorbacks, taking out Purdue in a big upset early and making it to the Sweet 16 this year. Okay. And I've got Kansas and Auburn. And then I've got Michigan State and Duke, my favorite Sweet 16 game. I like that a lot. The only one I disagree with, 
I actually have Xavier and Ohio State in the okay. West. I think uh, we talked about it before with Xavier and, and Missouri. I think they at least get hot enough that they can uh, make it into the second weekend. Ohio State versus Gonzaga. I think Ohio State's got the tools to be able to do it. Gonzaga can put up a ton of points. Um, so I think as a four seed, they're a little underrated. But I think Ohio State's defense and the their ability to just kind of spread the spread the wealth around. Um, I think they're able to uh, to get through and and, and make the uh, the Sweet Sixteen. Okay, all right. I mean, once again, I'm sure when we when we retouch this next week, it'll all look different. And none oh, of us. Oh yeah, will we're be gonna right. be dead wrong. We're gonna have fucking like <laughs> NC Central pull off the first ever first ever upset. And uh, just complete madness. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean that's- I, I would say if I had to give you, I'll give you. I mean, obviously Missouri has to be a dark horse for me. Um, I also really like Texas Tech, be- yeah. assuming assuming their guys are healthy. Um, teams to watch out for, but there's a lot of good teams, not great, good teams out there. There's not a lot of weak one or there's not a lot of weak two or three seeds that I look at and go, uh, you know, I mean, I would really want to play Tennessee. Or uh, I really want to face um, Purdue. Or do, there's just some really strong teams out there. Yeah. No, I would agree. I'd absolutely, uh, absolutely agree with that. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. One thing Greg and I talked about a couple weeks ago, just the fact that there is no clear and concise tiger versus the field, if you will, which we can talk about that in a second. Um, you know, one clear and concise team that basically everybody's gunning for. Do you think it's possible that we get a nutty first couple days that kind of just make the second weekend this run of the mill top seeds are there and end up playing each other? Do you think do you think something like that happens where we get a bunch of one seed ones and twos? Uh, well, I don't think we're going to get a lot of ones and twos. I I do I would expect a lot of um ones through fours, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just I don't, I don't have a lot of mid majors that I stare at and like and go, oh yeah, but they've got a guy, or, or yeah. you know, they, oh yeah, they're they're really locked in. Um, also, I think there's less mid majors in the field because we lost a St. Mary's or a Middle Tennessee Middle State. Tennessee, kind of yeah. All right, so I think we kind of lost some of those excellent mid majors. Yeah. No, the only reason why I ask that it has like a very, it is a very 2012 vibe to this not necessarily the bracket itself but the season had a just this vibe of you know there was a revolving door up at the top of the of the the rankings and you know we had it wasn't really until the last couple weeks that it seemed like virginia is this lock to get the overall number one seed and then Mm -hmm. you know you had some some crazy tournaments but then others were pretty run-of-the-mill it just kind of seems like we talk about a lot when we talk college football of that there it lives off of the just the complete chaos and there's some point where it bubbles up and explodes and I, I I just think that we're getting to that that tipping point right. Well, I will say this: I do think the top four teams, I, mm, I do think Virginia and Villanova separated themselves. I won't say top four. I think Virginia and Villanova clearly separated themselves from the rest of the field, though. Um, like I think they are head and shoulders above Xavier and Kansas. I think they proved it all year. Um, and, and so in that case, I do think that if you're putting money, it's, it's one, it's those two versus the field. And I'd feel pretty confident that one of those two gets there. 
um, this year. Uh, but once again, that's why it's March Madness and crazy things happen because there there have been better teams than this Villanova and this Virginia squad that have lost in the first or second round. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, the, the one that uh, always pops back to me just because I followed them so much in high school was the 06 Duke team. That was J.J. Reddick's senior year where they went like 31 and two or something in the regular season. And then uh, they lost to Glenn Big Baby Davis in the uh, the Sweet 16 at LSU. They just thwomped on that Duke team. But that, right. that Duke team had J.J. Reddick. They had Sheldon Williams. They had Greg Paulus, who was a great, you know, the classic, you know, Duke player, the, <laughs> the annoying white guy that right. Grayson Allen has now taken the spiritual successor to. And that and ended up playing quarterback at Syracuse. That's true. He did. He was actually pretty decent, too. He was. That, that yeah. Syracuse team, I think, made a bowl game. But yeah, those that UConn team from that same year who lost to that lost to George Mason. Um, however, that all it was that same tournament. Um, but you're, you're you hit the nail right on the head. There's a lot better teams that have lost much more mortal locks, and I just I'm so excited that the tournament's here. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's one of the best. It's one of the best like two week spans in sports from when the championship week starts to like basically the end of the first weekend of the yeah. tournament like i'd wish i could like i wish there's some way i could just live on the floor of like some casino in las vegas just watching basketball <laughs> well look i mean i'll have it on in the office somewhere of course oh yeah oh man two years ago was a as a uh heads up to to you and as a quick background i, I uh used to work at the same company matt works for they had to send out an email to, to the entire office saying please do not stream the basketball games we all understand half the people here went to villanova but we understand you know we we can't have you guys overloading the server watching basketball <laughs> well i can tell you what i got my hands on the remote for the big tv yeah so we'll be we'll be happily using that oh yeah yeah <laughs> if, if you're if no one in your office lets you put on the college basketball tournament i mean good lord like, what are you doing? Pretty tough. Yeah, it's pretty tough. You know, I mean, yeah, before we wrap things up, we do have to mention, because today was one of the more wild Sundays that we've had since football ended and and probably even to some NFL Sundays from this past year. You had the tournament. You had the end of the, you know, the, end of the conference championship week. You had the selection show. But in between that, we had Tiger motherfucking Woods get oh so goddamn close to forcing a playoff i still can't believe it matt i was screaming at my tv between that and the philly signing jake arietta there was a point there was a half an hour where i might not have survived my heart might have exploded from excitement (laughs) well it was definitely a great performance by tiger obviously couldn't get it totally done thought he made a mistake on the 18th not hitting a bigger club simply because it just put him so far back on that really difficult pin location to get close Um, so yeah, he actually really, he really had chances all day Yeah, he, to, to, to go low. I, and I, you he know, a couple big misses early right? on and yeah. he almost chipped it in on the 15th hole and holy shit. I, I, that was the first time I, I even threw it up on Twitter of just like, I screamed so loud that I think I scared my dog. And it was right around then too, that the Phillies signed Jake Arietta. He has that. He has the amazing putt on 17. Right. I mean, if you're still questioning if Tiger's back, whether or not these guys are afraid of him, which has always been kind of that thought of, you know, Tiger versus the field and why it doesn't exist anymore. 
you know, back, back surgeries aside, um, uh, he's definitely back. And you could tell just in the way that he was carrying himself when he had that little smirk after he nailed the 40 footer on 17, <laughs> I mean, right. holy, yep. I can't, I cannot yep. wait. He's playing next week at Bay Hill. He's playing in the masters and Eldrick owns Augusta. That's his, that's his joint. Yeah, no, I agree. So we'll see. I mean, it's, I, I want to see another, another decent, I don't care if he wins next week, but I want to see him contend again as he gets geared up for the Masters. No. No, um, you need to. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see his putter coming back and his short game coming back because that was something, even when he came back from injury, it's the hardest thing to get back. It's the last thing you figure oh, out. Yeah. So oh, hopefully yeah. he can continue. And you know, you know what I'm going to be honest with you? The young guys are making it easy for him because they're not even competing in these tournaments right now. Like, like, like yeah. I mean, they're playing, but they're not competing. Um, Jordan Spieth, you know, missed the missed the cut. So Jordan did, Rory did, mm-hmm. guys so, that he knows really well. You know, Duffner, I mean, Justin Rose, and then he part. Um, there, I mean, that's to say that they're not going to compete, but there are uh, there are open opportunities for Tiger to make some uh, to make a run. Right. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> pretty excited about it. So, uh, we're also let's get oh, golf man, back I'm, and back and running up and running again you know oh yeah i cannot wait um oh my god i cannot wait for the for the season to really get underway and with these bigger tournaments especially leading in that kind of final push to the masters which gets if you're not really a huge golf person it just kind of gets thrown by the wayside with baseball you know on the on the cusp of being back college basketball tournament um you know the push to the playoffs and the pros for basketball and the NHL, um, you know, it kind of kind of gets pushed pushed aside. And I think Tiger, like he did the first, you know, when he first came onto the scene, I think he uh, he made a very very good contribution for golf, right? But I think that's going to do it for us, Matt. Is there anything else that you wanted to break down? No, nope, that's all I got. I'm just excited. Can't wait. Let's get it going. Cannot wait. Let's get it going. But as always, make sure that you go check us out on uh, the social medias. I'm at Jordo9 for my personal Twitter, at ThunderBLG for the blog. Uh, Matt is at MattDeStefano21. ThunderBlogSports.com, like I said, make sure to check out all of our blog posts covering all. And you know what? uh, Beyond the blog posts, you got to start taking advantage of some of the uh, fantasy offerings that we're doing out there. Yes. There's – some 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 potential baseball fantasy in the works. Yes, well actually, ongoing golf, ongoing golf going down. So yeah, the ongoing golf with with uh, sports geek. We have to see if he's doing baseball again. Okay, because um, that's actually a lot of fun doing the date. Because we are doing a, a league, and if you're interested in joining our fantasy league, I'm also going to plug this at the top uh, in my little intro. So you probably heard that if you're listening to the podcast and not us live. But um, hear it again. Hear it again. Yeah, hear it again. We are going to do a league. If you're interested in playing with us, shoot us a DM on on either Twitter or Instagram. Again, ThunderBLG on on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Uh, it's going to be on Yahoo auction draft. Should be a lot of fun. Um, but the the sports geek with with fantasy baseball. This one's actually a lot of fun too because it's you have op you have the opportunity every single night to win money. It's basically how it works. It's head to head. So if Matt and I are playing each other. In a last year, it was only 10 people, but who knows how many would play this year. Uh, so let's just take 10. Matt and I could finish seventh and eighth, respectively. And just the winner between the two of us gets a win. But the kicker is, is that if you get they played on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, if you get in first place on any of those nights, you get 10 bucks. Not bad. 
it's like a hundred bucks to join and the win the winning payout's pretty nice but i still got back like 50 bucks last year uh, and i didn't even make the playoffs i mean it was pretty nice that way it makes you want it especially too like because it's best two out of three monday tuesday friday so if you're either if you've either won or lost like it incentivizes you to to still set a lineup on friday so it's pretty nice I do have to warn, at least for myself, there were times where I was on vacation or went on vacation on a Friday and just completely forgot to do that. I know uh, that's actually happened to both of us with golf right. uh, a couple of weeks ago. But, um, you know, it's a ton of fun. Uh, we'll we'll keep more details as we find them out if uh, that is going on. But make sure to uh, just keep an eye out for us on Thunderbolt Sports. We'll make sure to plug all that good stuff. But, Matt, thank you as always, especially through uh, some of the technical difficulties. Hopefully... I can edit those out and did edit them out well on the uh, the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I'm sure it will Not be, but about it. But yeah, I cannot wait for the action in the tournament. And uh, I know you can't either, but that's going to do it for us. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks again.